I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. Before we get to my guest, I want to tell you about our sponsor, The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com backslash dunk and get 40% off of outstanding sports coverage. There's no ads. There's no pop-ups because you pay a monthly fee, and you do that because you get the best content on the internet. Luckily here we have Brett Dawson uh, that covers the Thunder for the Athletic. He always has great stuff. Uh, actually a lot of stuff out there right now that's very much worth a subscription. Uh, if you just miss Fred Katz, you can go ahead and subscribe and read everything that Fred does. He and McKelly partners together at the beginning of the season to write uh, an article that I think is still relevant today. So you should go read that. Um, and then they have writers all across the country that are just outstanding. Other sports. I don't read about other sports because I don't really watch other sports, but I'm sure that those are great too. So go to theathletic.com backslash dunk to get 40% off your subscription. And with me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what up? Hi, Andrew. Hi, are you okay? Daylight savings, man. <laughs> it's got me down. <laughs> Oh, it's, I hit. it's technically 4:42 in my body right oh now. Oh my gosh, I, I I hear you. It's ugh. it's the ugh. it's that's such a dumb thing, isn't it? Can we not like? There's some people that just opt out of it. Yeah, doesn't Arizona not do it? Arizona opts out of it. Uh, there's like specific counties in Indiana that opt out of it. I had a friend ugh. that lived in Indiana where you travel from one county to the other and the time changes. Oh wow. But that's weird. It's so weird. But yeah, daylight saving sucks. It's stupid. Um, but the Thunder did something that wasn't stupid. They beat the Jazz in Utah, 98, 98 to eighty nine. Uh, it was kind of, it was just a team effort. It's usually when the Thunder beat uh, a team like this, it's like you know Paul George forty five points, Russell Westbrook thirty four points, and a triple double. Uh, there's not like any super impressive stat line from this game. Uh, I guess it would be that Dennis Schroeder was the leading scorer for the Thunder with 24 points, seven boards, three assists. Uh, that's probably the stat line of the night, maybe. Right. Um, Paul George, although like didn't score a lot, had an impressive stat line. 14 points, three steals, four assists, 11 boards, and a block. But it was just not like your typical Thunder win. It was very much a team-oriented win. Yeah, it actually reminded me of the early season wins when they just like they were playing such good defense that they could kind of get away with not having the greatest offense in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And they weren't even that terrible last night offensively. But when you have someone like Paul George only putting up 14 points and you're still able to dominate a team that's as good as the Jazz, um, that's pretty impressive because that's the kind of game that you could expect from them in the playoffs like when their shots aren't falling or when they're just not as crisp offensively as they normally would be if they can play defense like that then they're probably going to be fine 
And that, the, the, like, the, that's the type of game that gets me really excited about the postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if they can get back to that defense that they had earlier in the season, like they're going to be, they're going to be great. Yeah, their defense was outstanding, absolutely, and they shut down a lot of what the Jazz wanted to do. Kind of their secondary, besides Donovan Mitchell scoring options, Joe Ingles and. Did he just miss a few shots? Yes, absolutely. But I thought that the Thunder really forced him to rush some of his shots as well. So he ended up two of nine from the field, five points on nine shots. He did have eight assists, but uh, that's really the only thing he had going. Uh, And that's important for them, especially without Rubio. They're really pretty easy to defend, and the Thunder really shut a lot down for them. Yeah, when does Rubio come back? I don't know. I don't think it's a serious injury. Okay. It's It's some kind of hip injury. But. I thought it was interesting, and it may just be – it's probably just because Rubio's out, but we think about the Jazz offense as, like, almost Spursian a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like Quinn Snyder gets a lot of credit for that. And I was just looking at touches from that game, and uh, Donovan Mitchell had the same number of touches as Russell Westbrook, <laughs> which was 91 yeah. touches. And he really was kind of in that Westbrook role for them. Yeah. And he's he's great, but I just thought it was interesting because the way we think about their offense. Right. And he went to another level in the playoffs last year, which is so unusual for a rookie to hit the playoffs and to just get better. I mean, it was really a a strange thing. He was awesome. Uh, You wonder if he could do that again this year. Uh, But this Jazz team just may not be as good as last year for whatever reason, which seems strange. You think like, oh, they get another year of experience under their belt. Donovan Mitchell does. You know, they become a tighter uh, starting lineup and it hasn't really been like that which is just kind of kind of interesting i still think that they're going to end up with close to 50 wins like yeah. they they only have 37 wins right now but their closing schedule is unbelievable andrew how many games do they have left so they have 16 games left okay 10 of those games are against either the Phoenix Suns, the Wizards, the Lakers, Chicago, Atlanta, or New York. They get to play Phoenix three more times. They basically hey, Phoenix have the, has been beating teams. I know, it's true. They, they beat the Warriors. But they basically have the OKC early season schedule where it felt like we were just playing Phoenix every other day. So they have a chance to like rattle off a bunch of wins. I know I keep saying that and we keep waiting for it because they also lost mm-hmm. to Memphis like last week. Yeah, they lost so, Memphis and New Orleans last week. Right. So clearly they're not the same team that they were last year because that would be those would be games that they would have just easily won last year when they were on that streak. But I so I thought that that 89 points might have been the lowest total for Utah in a game this year. I, so I just wanted to look it up. I was mm-hmm. like, well, that's pretty good. They held them to 89 points. The Jazz are a decent offense. They lost a game on November 14th to the Mavericks, 118 to 68. Yeah. They scored 68 in an NBA game. I'd forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. And they had everyone who was healthy, too. They had a normal starting lineup. Yeah, they haven't been held to under 100, though, since December 25th. Or not December oh. 27th. Yeah. So, that's... like they've, they've Their offense has been good for a long time. Yeah. And so... The offense was not their offense was awful uh, a couple nights ago. Um, it's so nice though because both 
you know, now they've OKC has swept Utah and Portland, two places that in recent memory have been very difficult to win on the road. And so thinking forward to the playoffs, I, I mean, how can you not feel really good about getting either of those teams in the first round? Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't I, who knows what's going to happen with Utah. I mean, they just dropped to eighth after that loss. Yeah, um, I, I predict that they will be the sixth seed. Yeah. Uh, and they'll play Houston, which that's an interesting matchup. Houston has given the Jazz a lot, a lot of problems, but uh, that's that's a tough first round opponent, though, as the Thunder know. And we saw it with what they did with Mitchell is that they tried to do what they did last season with the Thunder is that they tried to isolate on their power forward. They They got the switch and this time it's Jeremy Grant and Jeremy, right. Jeremy does a good job against Mitchell. And so that's, I mean, it's, you just feel a lot better about it because when it's mellow out there on an island, I mean, he just got torched over and over and over again. The yeah. It would go on runs whenever mellow would sit. I mean, it was just, it was clear as day. It is wild to think that you just removed mellow from this team and then they were able to run off four straight against them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, they got so Dennis Schroeder was awesome in this game. He was scoring efficiently. He was hitting big time shots. That three that he hit to push it to double digits was huge. I thought Steven Adams was great. He looked great in this game. He finished with twelve points, seven rebounds, three offensive, two steals, and two blocks. So you don't want them to get rid of him? That'd be it'd be great if they could just keep him instead of waving him for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I thought he looked great, and I, I I don't know what it is. I I'm starting to think like some of it could be mental for him. Like he may have just hit a mental block. Um, but I I don't know. What are your thoughts on Adams and his game? Yeah, I was trying to figure it out too because I, I was going back through his splits month by month. Because um, he's still having, you know, if you just look at his stat line for the season, he's still having his best season mm-hmm. of his career. Um, but yeah, like back in December, he was his, he was averaging in like 13 games, 17 and nine. Um, so it, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, and we've mentioned this before, that we were talking about him for different awards or just talking about how improved he was. And so, yeah, I think he's just in a slump right now. I'm really not that worried about it long term. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's his slump has been more noticeable than when other players on the team go through similar slumps. Um, it just stands out for some reason. And maybe it's because so much of the value he brings is defensively. Yeah. And so his bad when his defense isn't elite as it has been in the past, it's a little bit more noticeable. Um, whereas like we kind of take for granted that Russ is probably not going to be a great defender. So we just kind of ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still not worried about him. Um, he, he, he does seem to be moving better than he was like right around the all-star break. Yeah. Which is good. Mm-hmm. I also thought kind of back to the, the defense. I thought that Jeremy's rotations on the backside were right on time every time. And I think that that, is sometimes an issue where it looks like Adams is letting guys behind him score when that's mm-hmm. just like the nature of the Thunder defense is that he's supposed to be up on these other guys and then someone's supposed to help on his man because uh, they want, when they had their pick and roll coverage, they want 
them to have to pass over Adams basically in order to find that role man or to find somebody else. So they're really going to not allow the ball handler to do a whole lot. Uh, but a lot, sometimes it makes it look like Adams is allowing his man to score. But that's really Jeremy's job to come over on the other side uh, to make sure to protect the rim. And so Jeremy, I thought, did a great job with that against Utah. Uh, so I don't know. Did he finish? How many blocks did he finish with? Did he have any? He didn't have any. He had a couple steals, but I thought he did a good job of, of defending um, that backside and then- of the pick and roll. And then Schroeder that you were mentioning, like that's the Schroeder that if they got that every second or third game, like this team could make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, because he was, it wasn't just that he was making his shots. He was just so confident against the Jazz. <laughs> yeah. He was just doing whatever he wanted to. Like he was so in control, which I feel like some of the issue with him in the past is he's just he's not like totally out of control, but he'll like have these drives of the basket where it's so clear that he's about to get blocked yeah. and he still, he still goes and, and does it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like against the jazz, he just knew exactly where he wanted to go and he got there every time. Um, and then it was just a bonus that he was actually making his threes. Yeah. Historically he's played really well in Utah for whatever reason. I think he put up 40 plus points there last year when he was with the Hawks and the Hawks beat the, the jazz in Utah around this time of year last season uh and it's because Schroeder's effort so uh yeah uh, and a really impressive win for the thunder a couple things of note from that game ferguson had to leave the court with concussion like symptoms apparently he did not even have to go through concussion protocol that he's fine uh, and will play tonight uh here in okc against the brooklyn nets and then uh markeith morris has neck soreness and you have to think that it's uh, something to do with what he came in with, with that injury that he's been battling this season. And so I don't know that for sure, but you just kind of make that assumption. And it's a, a little scary because uh, you, you, the Thunder need him uh, to to make a run, I believe, because he's he's been a nice scoring punch off the bench. Uh, but I guess they'll just give those minutes right back to Patterson. That's what they did. Or newly signed Deontay Burton. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's been it's been a big moment for me personally. Your media push has worked. It's it's totally worked. The peer pressure on Sam totally got through to him, but he uh basically has a 3-year deal including the rest of this season and then the next two seasons. So the Thunder used a part of their uh taxpayer mid-level exception to sign him. So he's got two after this season, he's got 3.1 million over the next two where it's partially guaranteed. He's got a million guaranteed uh, next season and then 1.17 million guaranteed the next season. So uh, good for him. I think it's great. Uh, it's a really cool story. If you just like kind of go back and look at it, he played at Marquette and then transferred to Iowa State where they have like a, a billion teammates that are in the NBA right now, including uh, Abdul Nader. Uh, and, you know, he goes over to Korea and then he wins the MVP over there, comes back. Because he was on the the Timberwolves training camp roster before he went over to Korea. Uh, Didn't make the team. Uh, And then he comes over and lights up Summer League and makes the team. And now he has uh, three guaranteed years with the Thunder, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I kind of wonder what the plan for him is going forward. Um, Like what, what will need to happen for him to actually become like a rotation piece? Yeah, because I would ju- I would just like to see more of him. 
mm-hmm. but but it's it's hard on this team because it's not like a super young team. There's not a lot of young guys that are developing, so I don't know if he's going to get that opportunity. But I hope he he ends up getting more than just garbage time in the future. Mm-hmm. I just I want I need some extended Deontay. We might see Deontay tonight against Brooklyn. I don't know if yeah. they, I don't know if they want to play Patterson, uh, but I think they envision Deontay as a tweener forward, and I think they would like him to be a, a power forward, like a very a fast, strong power forward that can shoot it from the corners. I think that's kind of what the Thunder's ultimate vision for him is. Very similar to like PJ Tucker light, you know. I think that that's kind of what they would hope for him. And that's that's the name that I hear the most whenever talking about Deontay and kind of his his future is is that role. But I think he's obviously he's not as good at PJ Tucker uh, on the defensive end, which it's you know I think there's still time for him to get there. Um, and he's probably he's not a good, as good a shooter as PJ is, uh, but I think he might end up being a little bit more versatile. Not that he's better, but I think he's more versatile. Than what PJ is because I think that Deontay can really handle. Uh, so it it will be interesting. I I love him. I think he's awesome. Do I? I don't know that he's an NBA rotation player, but I think that he's got a really good chance to be. Yeah, it is. It's still amazing that they were able to get him and Hamadou Diallo, two guys who project to be part of this team's rotation and their future moving forward, and they got him as a you know, free agent from Korea and a mm-hmm. second round pick. Yeah. And Nader in the trade. That yeah. Made. Yeah. Nader too. Like, I don't know. I mean, I dog on Nader all the time, but I think the Thunder really need him right now. <laughs> like he's, he's been good. He's been improved as much trouble as I've given him. And much as I've said, I would like him to be out of the rotation. Uh, he's, imp- <laughs> he's improved. <laughs> you got, you got to give him credit. Listen, I said I wanted him out of the NBA and he shouldn't be allowed to play basketball anymore. But uh, he, he hasn't been terrible. <laughs> he really hasn't. <laughs> Actually, enjoyed enjoyed Nader. Uh, I thought he defended really well in Utah, too. I feel like he's making strides in that area. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's just weird. He has a weird body type. He's, like, pretty big. Yeah, he's big. Guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time he shoots threes, I, I don't trust that it's going in. Like something about his body makes me not believe that he's ever going to make a three. And he's just so he's very confident. He's very aggressive on the offensive end. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be channeled over these next couple seasons um, into <laughs> more successful or more consistency, I guess, because we've seen him when he's had some of those aggressive nights where it's actually worked out. Mm-hmm. But there's also been a ton of times when he's just run into people in the <laughs> middle of the lane. He does this thing where if he gets the rebound on the defensive end and sees any room for him to dribble, he's going. And there's yeah. nothing you can do to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Like that, it's like, all right. And Deontay does the same thing. It's like, all right, guys, you got to cut that out. Like, we'll, we'll find you shots elsewhere. Like, right. I feel like they're like, this is my chance. But I, yeah, and, and that might just be from, I mean, they, I'm, both of those guys played in the G League a lot where I'm sh- assuming they were, you know, the best player on their team at all times. Yeah. So they probably had that like Westbrook green light where they could just take the ball and do whatever they want with it. Yeah. Nader was rookie of the year. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's a thing. That's a thing. Uh, okay. Anything else from the actual basketball game before we get into 
not basketball things. Uh, no, I was just trying to look up his stat, and I, I was just reminded about TLC. I forgot about him. I forgot he yeah. was ever on this team. Isn't that weird? Remember him? <laughs> it's so weird that he was on this team and wasn't good at all for the Thunder. Yeah, but I was really excited about him. <laughs> I was too. I'm embarrassed to, to go listen back what I thought about <laughs> about him. <laughs> because... I I don't know. Like he started in all these games in Philly and put up good stats. You're like, you know what? Like the Thunder could really use a guy like that. Uh, actually, they actually just salary dumped him and declined his fourth year option on his rookie scale deal, which would have not yeah. been expensive. Um, but it, it's it's insane. Uh, something else that's insane is how great the Price Edwards and Company Group in Oklahoma City is. Whoa! It's, it's a full service commercial real estate firm. That has been in Oklahoma for 31 years. There aren't many things that I feel like you can say have been around like that for 31 years, but Price Edwards and Company has been. They have offices in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, and they can take care of your commercial property management needs. Uh, Their expert staff of brokers and associates specialize in retail, land, office, industrial, and apartment leasing and sales, and are available to help you today. So, in order to let them help you, please go to priceedwards.com for more information. Check these guys out. They're Thunder fans uh, and great people, uh, really great people to work with. So, support the people that support Down to Dunk and go to priceedwards.com. Okay, Alex. Fans of Utah. All the fans in Utah are crazy. Every single Andrew, one of them. Andrew, Andrew, hashtag humane jazz fans. Have you seen that? <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. The, oh. uh, well, th- this guy, this jazz fan, started a GoFundMe oh, to raise I did, I did twenty-five this. grand to yeah. give to the human rights campaign. But he, he did a hashtag humane jazz fans, which are like, how bad has your franchise gone off the rails when your fans are having to make? Hashtag humane jazz fans. <laughs> yeah, that is really sad. It's really sad. <laughs> oh, uh, so Russell got in an altercation with a fan. Everybody knows the story. If you're listening to this show and you don't know the story, I don't know what to tell you. I'll give you a brief, <laughs> a brief overview of it. So Russell gets into it with a fan who's yelling at him. He obviously said some very vulgar things to Russell. Russell loses his mind. It's caught on somebody's, uh, somebody's camera. And he's telling him he's going to beat him up. He's going to beat his wife up. Uh, it's it's a bad look for Russell. If like that's all you saw, that's like all the information that came out. Like that's a bad look for Russell. But since then, information's came out about what the guy said, and it was not great. It was uh, racial and just hurtful to Russell. And Russell gets, I mean, just Russell gets yelled at every night. Probably not at home. Every away game, he gets yelled at. And is cussed out, screamed at. People probably say stuff about his family all the time. And if you, if Russell goes off on somebody like that, especially if he goes off on a fan, you know that it was not that what he said was wrong, was absolutely wrong. And so the fan ends up getting a lifetime ban from the arena. He can't come to any arena events, which. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a, it's a pretty harsh punishment, but I think the Jazz are just trying to set a precedent. Like, listen, you can't talk to the players like this. You can't show up to the games and feel entitled and think that you can just 
because I paid blah, blah, blah price for whatever it is. Um, I can do whatever I want. That's just not the case. And it's just frankly very weird that somebody feels like they could do that. Um, yeah, and I think I think it was the obvious move for the Jazz because you saw it come out on Twitter. Like Matt Barnes was talking about it. There were a few other players talking about oh, yeah. Utah specifically. And so from the Jazz perspective, like they have to be as aggressive as possible in shutting this down because it's just a really bad look for their franchise. And, you know, part of it is that this stuff is caught on tape. Like there was the thing that came out last night from last year's before game four of the Utah OKC where a guy in the front row right behind the Thunder bench is calling Russell Westbrook a boy. And Russ looks at him and says, don't call me boy. Like stop saying that. And the guy does it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like if this stuff doesn't get caught on camera – like probably nothing happens. And honestly, if Westbrook doesn't do what he ended up doing, (laughs) like making a big deal about it and like cursing this guy out, we probably never hear about this story. Yeah. Um, Because even last night on the TNT halftime show, Shaq was saying like, yeah, this stuff happened a lot. Like I can't say that I never acted like this towards a fan. It was just never caught on tape. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I actually think it ended up, having a good effect it did. <laughs> obviously you don't need you don't want to see russ like go after someone like that but i do think it, it had a good effect in that it brought more attention to this issue which is clearly an issue not just in utah but it happens in a lot of places um there was something interesting though last night on the tnt halftime show they had a completely different angle of it and it was much more extended so it was a uh, in arena camera shot of Westbrook so you still can't see the fan mm-hmm. but but you see way before Westbrook actually turned to the fan said I'm going to F you up yeah and it, I thought it was kind of interesting because going back to the fans interview I have a theory Andrew this oh is my, my theory gosh. we got to talk about this fan interview after your theory well the, well my my theory for the fan interview is that he act that 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 scenario did actually happen the thing about icing the knees because they're in this extended shot. You can see Russ talking to someone in the crowd and he doesn't look that mad. And Mm -hmm. at one point he points to his knees, which are wrapped in ice. But I think what this guy did, which is like a classic lying move is that you like tell 80% of the story Mm -hmm. and then you leave off (laughs) like the final 20% because in this extended cut, you can see the moment where like Russ's face changes, like his everything changes and you can tell something just happened because he, he's been talking to someone in the crowd. He points to his knees and then all of a sudden Westbrook's like whole demeanor changes and he immediately starts talking to the security guards who are right there. Mm-hmm. And he starts pointing at the, the uh, who I presume is the guy in the stands. Yeah. And so clearly something was said in that moment that changed the conversation. And so I have a feeling because I've used this tactic when I lie, you know, <laughs> you, you, you say something, you say part of the story because it sounds true because it did happen yeah and then you just leave off the part at the end you just leave so off you could, the worst part <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah that guy like the thing that like tipped me off the thing that made me like scrunch up my eyes squint my eyes and be like hmm was when the 45 year old uh white guy who was wearing a the, the camo hat on the monday when he said that russell westbrook was acting a fool <laughs> that was like the tip off for me I was like, okay, all right. 
Like I immediately, when he said that, I immediately started judging him right or wrong. Like, yeah. I was like, you don't, there's no reason for that guy in Utah to be using like that kind of language. Like he, I feel like by him saying that he's basically acknowledging that he has like zero respect for Russell Westbrook yeah. and he doesn't really view him as a human being. Right. And he's just, he's just approaching this entire situation like, oh, this is just this character that I just get to say whatever I want about. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's not a hu- he's not treating him as a human being, and I think that's the whole issue. Yeah, it is. Because yeah. you can have you can have banter with uh, apparently you know like a lot of people have banter with fans and with uh, opposing players, and it can be very like lighthearted. And even players last night were talking about how sometimes you look for those fans because they kind of fire you up. Yeah, and it's kind of fun to have some back and forth. But I think just as a human being, we all know that there is like a line that you would never want to cross and that you should never cross. Mm-hmm. And clearly this guy didn't care about that line. And clearly there's been a pattern of fans in Utah not caring about that line. Yeah, it's it's weird. Also, the other thing from the interview that tipped me off is whenever he uh, told everybody how tall his, his <laughs> girlfriend was and how much she weighed <laughs> on camera. All right, bro. Sit down. Go away. What are you doing? Like, what is happening right now? And then there was like he was threatening a lawsuit against Russell Westbrook for what? For what? Like Russell. Russell said he said some things to you. You said some things to him. Like, what's the what's the lawsuit? Like, what's the what? And then he gets banned from the arena. Like, oh, that's that's great. Like, your your lawsuit should go pretty well, man. Yeah, I was trying to think, like, what was the thought process in agreeing to do that interview? Because if he doesn't do that interview, maybe we find out the guy's name, but we probably don't find it out for, like, another 24 hours. Right. And, like... like, There's been some fans that were around him that have been in contact with some people here in OKC. Yeah. Um, And there's even been, like, stuff that's been retweeted. So, like, maybe that's how we find it. But, yeah, maybe we never do. But, yeah, he, but he just like announced it to the world. Like, he, this is me. This is my name. <laughs> he outed himself. And he, I'm not even going to say his name on our show just because I don't want... The guy doesn't deserve attention. This is what he wants. Like, he obviously would love to have some attention. And I just don't think he even deserves it. Like, it's just so... It's so stupid. Like, if you, this is not the way to get attention. And like there's like tweets out there from like his place of employment saying that they're looking into it as well. Like this this could like ruin his life in a lot of ways. Right. Um but I don't want to give him any more shine. I just think that it, as a fan like don't be stupid. Like you can like I think good-natured like booing is fine. Uh but when it comes to like like specific threats or anything that could be considered like bigotry like like first of all, like why would you do that anyway in any sort of arena of your life? Like you shouldn't do that at all, you know, in, in the workplace or even with your friends or anything like that. Like you shouldn't be doing that stuff anyways. But especially to like one of the greatest athletes of all time uh, at at your at your arena, like you can't like don't don't do that. Like I think that's to me, it's just so strange that people would even think to do that, but. Um, I'm so I'm so scared to talk to players that I like. <laughs> right. I'm terrified of just yell. Like I would be terrified of like if I saw Stephen Adams and like yelling out his name. Yeah. 
So the just idea like saying like, nice things to him. <laughs> right. I really like the way you play basketball. <laughs> Great screens. So I can't even imagine like having that kind of confidence to yell at players that like I don't like. Ugh, I just I don't get I mean, I'm sure we did this kind of stuff in high school and like when we were playing guys that were our age and also in high school. Yeah. At the same time, but at some point, it has to change. Like, at some point, you're a grown adult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we said racial things to people, though. I think that we've, no, probably, we've made but fun I'm, of people. I'm just, but I'm like, just, yeah, I'm just talking about, like, general heckling. Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just don't... I don't... I, I feel like I've grown out of heckling. That's good. I have good. no desire to yell at people. That's good. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like a good boo. I'll do a yeah. good boo. Oh, yeah. I, I think that... The, I, People are like, well, what Oklahoma City fans gonna do when Kevin comes back, huh? It's like, okay, <laughs> like I don't know, man. Like we, we can't control all the crazy people, but like I think a good natured booing is fine, and to be upset with somebody is fine. Like you can't, I think there's a line to be drawn, but it's not like we're not gonna make anyone feel bad about themselves ever again in an arena. We're just that's our goal. It's like, okay, stop. Like stop! Like you're taking the fun out of sports now. So like, don't yeah, we, we can't swing that far. But like, I do. Obviously, there's a line there that you can't cross. The Pacers, uh, like when their fans were <laughs> were chanting to Brandon Ingram, "LeBron's going to trade you." That's, that's pretty good. That's good. That's pretty cool. Like it's it's mean. It's mean spirited, <laughs> but it's also pretty good. And I don't feel like it really crosses the line because it's right. just talking about basketball. Right. If you can keep it about basketball, about the NBA. I think that it's fair game from there. But when you get to like personal stuff, like obviously, like just don't be stupid. Just don't be stupid. And what's what's crazy is so there was that thing and then there was uh the thing I mentioned earlier before game four, and then I think the phone thing happened at Utah as well, game six. Yeah. Or so like and these were all things that were caught on T V and obviously a hundred percent of things that happen aren't caught on camera or on TV. So you just wonder like how much this actually happens. Like it probably happens in nearly every game. Yeah. Oh, where, where, no question. A fan, if, if they don't cross the line, they get very close to the line. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I can't imagine how difficult it is as an athlete, um, where you, you really can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Although maybe Russ is showing people that sometimes it's worth the $25,000 fine to make a big deal about it. Yeah. When you're when you're making, I don't know, over a hundred million dollars in a year, yeah, twenty five thousand. That's fine. It's like I'd be like a dime for me. <laughs> yeah, like it's, but yeah, it's definitely worth it for these guys sometimes to. And yeah, I think you're right that. And you saw that it was worth it because all those jazz players came out, right? And like Rudy Gobert was Russ. defending Russell. Draymond, like <laughs> Russ, did the one thing that united like everyone. Yep. That we hate, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And even yeah. Rudy and Draymond, like, they don't like each other either. And they mm-hmm. all came together to support Russ. Yeah. So clearly it was something that a lot of players, other players have been thinking about. And you were kind of just waiting for a moment that was captured on camera to be able to talk about this issue more broadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, the Jazz fans, obviously not everyone acts like that and thinks like that. But they've got... <laughs> They've got a lot of work to do because, I mean, you go back to 2008 when Derek Fisher left because his 
daughter had eye cancer and they let him out of his contract and then he went and signed with the Lakers. When he went back, they were chanting cancer at him. Yeah. Like you oh boy, like in that I mean obviously that was over a decade ago. Uh but like people like I feel bad for a lot of Utah fans because obviously this is not a majority of fans that are like this, but people that kind of have the gall to do something like that is just kind of sickening. And so I feel bad for Utah fans right now because I feel like they, they've got a lot of work to do. Uh, and the organization does too, to make sure that their fans uh, don't do stuff like this again. Uh, Cause it's just unacceptable. And I, and just like a, a, a gut check for all other NBA fans as well, because it's not, I guarantee you, Jazz fans aren't the only fans that do crap like this. Uh, you've, everybody's got to kind of check themselves before you walk into an arena and make sure you're not feeling yourself so much that you can say whatever you want to an NBA player. Like, that's just not the case. I'm trying to remember, wh- wh- why did Luke almost get kicked out? Or why did he almost get in a fight? Luke? Yeah, I was trying to remember that story. It was about, <laughs> like, Blake Griffin. Oh, no. I remember because Chad. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. See, Chad's got to check himself before he walks into any game. <laughs> yeah, Chad's gonna get kicked out. <laughs> Chad's gonna get banned for life. Uh, okay, Alex, we're gonna play a game real quick. All right, this game is called Real or No Real. Real or No Real? Mm-hmm. Is this a fishing game? No, this is. Uh, you tell me if something is real or not real oh, or okay. no real. Very straightforward. I was very tired last night when I came up with this game. <laughs> Couldn't think of the word fake. You're like, uh, it's not real. It's it's the opposite of real. <laughs> no real. It's no real. Um, okay. So you tell me if this is real or fake. Russell's recent offensive streak. He's 47% from the floor, 37% from three. Real or no real? Oh, okay. I thought there was going to be more there. Uh, real or no real? 37% from three? <laughs> no, that's no real, Andrew. Okay, follow-up question. Where where do you think he lands? Like, where where does this stabilize? Where does this drop to for him the rest of the way? Because he has looked really good recently. He's been great yeah, going to even... the rim. His shot has looked so much better. Uh, yeah, we didn't hardly, we didn't really talk about Russell and how good he was and that well, shot he took from the U. Yeah, yeah. yeah goodness. And that block that he had on Rudy Gobert. I've already talked about this game, and so like part of me like, and I haven't talked about it on Down to Dunk though. So like part of me feels like I have to stay away from the things I've already said, but I don't have to do that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was spectacular in that game and has been on the offensive end since the All Star break. Yeah, so he's up to twenty eight point four percent. <laughs> which not great but doesn't sound great but it it is but compared great. to past like three of the past previous three of the past four previous seasons he averaged basically 30 percent like 29.9 29.6 29.8 mm-hmm. so i do think he probably ends up right around there but in order to get there he's gonna have these runs where he shoots like 37 percent yeah so maybe we'll just get really lucky in the way the math works out he just has like this streak right here at the end of the season. It gets him back to right around 30%. But in the meantime, he's going to be shooting like somewhere around like 35%, mm-hmm. which would be kind of nice. Yeah. I would much rather him do it now than. <laughs> right. 
like yeah. in the beginning of the season when it didn't really matter as much. Mm-hmm. So it's a small sample, but it's since the All Star break that's he's at thirty seven percent. So if he can stretch that out to where he's even at thirty three or thirty four percent, you know, post All Star break, I think that's that's huge. That'd be huge for this team. I cursed so loudly when he shot that shot. <laughs> Like out and of my anger? Wife, my, yes, out of anger. And my wife came in from the other room. Like, I was cursing during the shot. Like, the entire time that ball was in <laughs> the air, I was yelling a curse word very loudly. And then all that happened was, like, the pitch changed of that word. <laughs> it got very high in my voice after he made it. I just... I was furious during that, like, split second it was in the air. Because that was at an important part of the game. It's a very important part of the game. It was, eight, it was exactly eight. one of those shots that he loves to take where he's, like, trying to win the game on one shot. He's oh, trying yeah. to hit a buzzer-beater game winner with, like, a few minutes left. Yeah, and eight seconds left on the shot clock. It's not like <laughs> yeah. it was, like, three or something, and then he has to take it. No, he didn't have to take that, but he did. He was such a deep three. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay, so we don't think that's real, but we do think that he'll be an, an improved shooter from where he was he just looks better like he just looks healthy oh yeah i mean earlier I, I don't know what his splits were but what was he shooting like give me just a second here so he was shooting um 14.3 percent in october 23 percent in november that was when it was like really bad yeah so that i mean that was awful and now now he's in the subsequent months, 26, 27%, 30.6%, and then 38.8% in March. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. So he's definitely getting back to normal. I think we, I think there was a part of the fan base, including me, who was worried that like, he just can't shoot threes anymore. Like it's just going to be done. Yeah. I and think it's really important that he takes those threes. So I'm glad that he is he's, hitting it. He's got a to normal Westbrook rate. Right. I wonder if he has gotten out of like the historically bad three point shooting season range. He's gonna he's getting close. You think that, that he yeah, you think that he would be close to to being out of there. Like he's fifty percent true shooting right now. Which is not good, but it's not like historically bad. Right. So I mean, it's one of the lowest numbers on the team. <laughs> but, <laughs> It's not as bad as Patterson. Patterson's 49% true shooting. TLC was 38% true shooting. Oh, there he is. With the thunder. So, okay. Real or no real? From one guy who's who's hot to a guy who's not. Paul George. Office of slump since the All-Star break. He's shooting Mm. 34% from the field. 25% from three. Obviously, this is no real. But... Do you think, I guess the, the real question is, do you think Paul George can get back to where he was uh, before the All-Star break and before his injury? I do. I guess I do kind of have some concerns that he's going to get back to that level. Um, and they probably need him at that level if they have any chance to beat the Warriors in like a Western Conference Finals. But I still think the very good, like the elite defense version of Paul George that is kind of like the second banana. I still think that team can get pretty far, but yeah, I I am a little bit worried that not that what happened earlier in the season was mirage, but that it's just going to be hard for him to get back to that. Cause obviously you use your shoulder with every single shot you take. And Mm -hmm. so it might just take him a while to get back to where he's comfortable. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried. Yeah. I think there's, 
there's lots of reasons to be concerned about that, but I think he, I think he's going to be all right. There's enough time. Like if this were the end of March, I'd be like, okay, like we're, I think the Thunder might be in a little bit of trouble here, but I think there's enough time for him to get back into a rhythm. Um, so I'm not writing him off. I don't think you're writing him off either, but I think that, um, I'd like to see him over the next two weeks to see, you know, if he can get his shooting struck back. Yeah, and I do think it was a good sign both in the game against Utah and the game against Portland that he still was able to get to the line a lot. So it's not like he has been less aggressive. It's not like he's shying away from that shoulder. Yeah. Um, It just seems to be affecting his shot. And his defense was incredible in Utah. It was. He was defensive player of the year, Paul George, in Utah. He was very. Oh, yeah, very I didn't good. even think about it. that. Was a that was a key matchup in that race against Rudy Gobert. Yeah, for the deep Hawaii. it was, and to hold the Jazz to eighty nine points, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Uh, okay, real or no real? Dennis Schroeder's impact off the bench is he going to be uh, impactful moving forward like he was against Utah? Not necessarily like the leading scorer, but or do you think that he w- will go back into his slump? I think he will be impactful because I think he has been overall has been good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I do th- obviously. I, it's not. I don't think this. He was in a significant slump. Yeah. Um, but it's we've already seen him do well on this team with this group earlier, like especially in November and December. So. It's, I think it's kind of like Adams. Like I think he's he went through like a midseason swoon where things didn't go well, but I I do think he's going to break out of it. I don't know if he's fully broken out yet, but that game w- was very important just to see what he could be, because those are the type of games we were noticing at the beginning of the season, and he was having them a little bit more regularly. Mm-hmm. So just to know that he can get back to that, that he's still being super aggressive, that he can still be like solid on defense. Um, I'm I'm feeling fine about Dennis. I'm I really too. not that worried. Yeah, and I think he's a guy. And this may come back to bite me, but I think he's a guy who's going to be excited to play in the playoffs. And that's going to bring it. Yeah, has he not been in it since his like rookie season or his second year? Maybe probably second year in Atlanta. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's been a minute for him. He was on some bad some bad Hawks teams. Okay, next one. Terrence Ferguson. He's shooting currently 36% from three. Um, is it real or no real that he can get back to 38% by the end of the season? I don't know why, but of all the guys we've mentioned so far, he's the one where I'm like a little bit more worried about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he kind of... I don't know. I mean, this happened to Hamadou as well, where he had this streak this run during the early season where it's just like every time he's on the floor he's doing stuff and ferguson was kind of like that earlier in the season like very early in the season where like it wasn't really clicking offensively yet but you could tell that he was always doing stuff mm-hmm. and then he put it all together like in december and january and now it's kind of fallen off offensively i think the thing that worries me is he's just not taking a ton of shots mm-hmm. anymore he's kind of getting back into that like Dre role or where some some nights he's only taken like four or five shots he had he, the, he had the one he, he has take the, nine the other night but. he has the lowest usage rate on the team 
And that e- that even deals with small sample sizes from everybody. Yeah, he has the lowest. It's ten percent for a starter. A ten percent usage rate. Who pl- like he doesn't and he plays significant minutes. Like, right, that's insanely low. Yeah, so that that's the part that worries me with Ferguson. Like he just has to get more touches. Like I, I know he's on. I know he's in a slump right now. But he, I I would love if he was shooting more threes. Like if he was shooting five threes every game, mm-hmm. he's playing enough to get five threes. Yeah, like that's I all agree. he's really doing offensively, anyways. I feel like he is finally providing some spacing for this team, though. Um, Mean, meaning, meaning, nice. like people are are think, actually guarding him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people feel like they have to guard him now, which is nice. Yeah, here's his split. So October in seven, or in six games, he shot seven percent from three. I remember that. <laughs> November, 33%. December, 36%. January, 47.9%. February, 35%. And then in March, in six games so far, he's 24%. He is 6 of 25 from three. So, I guess my question is, what, what kind of shooter do you think he is? If you were to put a percentage on it. I would say 38. Like, I would rather him have games like he did against the Clippers where, yeah, he was only two for nine, but he got up eight threes. Mm-hmm. He only made two of them. Like, yeah, that's not great. But I think he's a good enough shooter where if he was shooting that consistently and that often, it's going to end up evening out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it has been rough. But I, I do think, like, 38 seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you say he's shooting right now? 36% on the okay. season. So, do you think he'll come out of this slump? I guess is the question. Uh, I'm I'm less optimistic. Okay, that one. I think you will. Well, you're uh, you're Mister Optimist. I know that's, <laughs> that's where we both land. Um, okay, uh, real or no real? Stephen Adams aggression against Utah. Are we going to see more of that from Stephen moving forward? Man, I hope. Uh, I, I don't. I and maybe it's just like certain matchups he does better with. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. He just goes right at Rudy. Like he just went right at him over and over again. Like that was was huge. I don't know why it's not like, maybe it's because Rudy isn't the type of offensive center that can really punish Steven Adams. Yeah. Like you basically always know he's going to score between like 14 and 16 points. Mm -hmm. Whereas like guys like Jokic and Towns and even Nurkic, like, Feels like they could go off for twenty five points against him any night. Yeah. So maybe he's just easier to defend in that way. He 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 has a less versatile offensive game than those other three guys. Mm-hmm. So maybe that would be a good matchup for the Thunder in the playoffs. I'm kind of, I would love a Jazz matchup right now. Yeah, I think that this Thunder team matches up. Obviously, they match up better because they beat them four out of four times. Um, and just watching how like. Joe Ingles just hasn't really been a huge factor. Yeah, he's had That's a much just more been season. reassuring because he was terrifying last year. <laughs> Everybody was. Rubio was. Ingles was. Jay Crowder was. Ugh. Like they all just kind of leveled out. Where you're like, are these guys this good? They're right. this good. I need to look back at this real quick because last season their shooting numbers were just felt outrageous. Like their three point shooting numbers felt outrageous. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. 
So they had one, two, three guys shooting 40% from three. Um, Ingles, Drebko, Neto all shot 40 plus percent. Uh, Taba was 38% for them. Royce O'Neal was 35%. Rubio shot 35% from three. And then this season, this is riveting podcasting, I know. <laughs> uh, this season, I don't know that they... Royce O'Neal is at 40% this season. He was, I like that guy. He was really good for them. Um, but like Ingles is 36%. Donovan's at 34%. Jay Crowder at 33%. Rubio's at 32%. Like, I feel like they kind of, like, went back to the kind of shooters that they really are. Um, Where last season, they were just incredible. Even Corver's not over 40%. He's 39%. I feel like he hasn't... Corver hasn't made the impact that everybody thought he would. Because Corver was awesome with LeBron last year. It's kind of, like, weird to think, like, oh, Corver played with LeBron last season. Right. Also, another weird thing that I thought of yesterday, I was like, Jimmy Butler played on the Timberwolves this season. (laughs) <laughs> yeah in the world um so looking at the playoffs real quick you're happy with anyone other than houston right yeah i mean like you meaning lo- portland assuming, or utah yeah portland or utah or i mean no the spurs have won six in a row yeah clippers have been all, good clippers got smoked last two and night. A half. Yeah. yeah i think it'll be i think it'll be portland or utah who do you prefer out of those two uh, I, well, it'd be, it'd be pretty fun having a playoff series right down the street, but I would rather play Utah. Yeah. That's kind of wild <laughs> to think you'd rather play Utah. Yeah, I know. I mean, honestly, I'm not scared of either of them at this point. Oh, man. It's gonna, oh, that felt bad saying <laughs> it's going to be played back. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not scared of either of them. Uh, yeah. I would love to play the Spurs. Oh, yeah. The Spurs would be great. The Spurs yeah. would be great Although Davis Bertans last night, he had a, he had a mama jama jam. Did he? I didn't yeah. see it. <laughs> Davis is good, man. Play, I honestly wouldn't want to play the Clippers. Yeah, they're just like... They, like, they have nothing to lose. Like, they know that, like, this is maybe, like, the last run that this current iteration of the Clippers has. It's like, all right, who cares? Let's just go play. They, they are like the best example of the team that like refuses to tank and like is using this to sell free agents on coming there. Yeah. Cause people have talked about that model a lot and I want to see if it like actually works. Everybody wrote them off after the trade deadline. When they traded Tobias, they're like, Oh, okay. Clippers are going to fall back. Yeah. Uh, that's why we were so excited about the Kings. Right. Yeah, and the Kings have been really bad since the All-Star break. And the Clippers have been awesome. Gallinari didn't play last night because it was on the second night of a back-to-back. And I guess they're resting him. I don't know. Um, So they got crushed yesterday. But Gallo's been awesome for them. And I don't know. Like I I think that Clippers team is good. I I mean, I wouldn't fear them in the playoffs, but... um, they're not. They're going to be a tough out for some team. Like they'll they'll lose a really close five game series to somebody. I feel like. Yeah, like I wouldn't want to be playing them if I was Denver. That's just a tough two seven matchup. I would rather be playing the Spurs or something. Yep. Okay, a couple more real or no reals. Um, Jeremy Grant as the second best three point shooter on the team. Is that true? Is that it's true? 
Ooh. Uh, how good is he shooting it? Let me call up the number real quick. Jeremy Grant's the second best three-point shooter. He's shooting 37.6%. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I would say no real, just hoping that that's the case. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good strategy to have a roster where Jeremy Grant's your second best three-point shooter. So there yeah. got like Patterson should be better than that. He should have um, been. Yeah, he should have been. Ferguson should be better than that. There are other guys, but that that is. I mean, it's awesome for Jeremy. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, the Thunder will finish with home court advantage in the playoffs. Real or no real? I'm feeling no real on that. I just think that there's... I just think the other teams have a lot easier schedules. Um, and I'm, I'm less confident. I, I could see it being a, like a 4-5 matchup where the Thunder are the 5 seed against the Blazers. I think the Thunder will. I think they'll finish at the four. Yeah. I just believe. They, also have, just the, they have the tiebreaker against both Utah and Portland, which I think will end up being a big deal. Yeah. Portland just keeps, they just get to play more bad teams coming up. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show today. Follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Please leave us a five-star iTunes review. If you get a chance, it's super easy, very simple. Uh, you can also ask your uh, Amazon voice-activated device to play Down to Dunk podcast. So do that. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys again Friday.